What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Dario Hunt from Living Life Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of The Fearless Show. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Reese Walker. Say what up to everybody. What's up, everybody? Artist D. Walker here with The Fearless Show. We got our special guest and also contributor to our um, writing and opinions sections. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yep, Steven Silver here. I've uh, written for the site for since the last year, I believe. Might have even been the year before that. Uh, I'm a film critic. I'm a journalist. I'm a uh, pop culture commentator, podcaster. I have my own podcast called Film Scribes uh, with uh, some friends of mine here in Philadelphia. And uh, I watched the Oscars after an entire year of watching. I didn't see every single uh, nominated film. There were a couple I missed. There was, I think, one foreign film that I didn't see. And I think one of the... Uh, a few things with scattered nominations that I wasn't able to see in time, but mm. I watched everything right. else. I watched all the shorts. I watched all the uh, probably, I think there were 77 movies nominated, and I think I saw some. Oh, that's of them. that's a lot of movies. Like, I can't speak to absolutely everything, but I can talk about most of the most of the. Uh, films okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, like like we always do, just plug uh, where everybody can find you. I'm sorry. Just plug, um, like we always do, plug where, where everybody can find you if they want to follow you on Twitter. Or well, on Twitter, uh, at Steven Silver. Um, I write, and on top of that, I write for various sites such as Philly Voice, Philadelphia Weekly, Splice Today. Uh, you can go to my Rotten Tomatoes page and look up my name, and that's where my movie reviews are. So. Cool. Um, I forgot yep. to say, but today's date is February 25th, 2019. So, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Oscars a lot, and give our you know CEO who won from our predictions that we made what a few weeks ago um but before we hop into all that we're gonna talk about a few current news items and of course i have to start with jesse smollett (laughs) (laughs) kind of the hot topic at the moment that people have been talking about for at least the next last week or two yeah he's um gotten the most attention in his his life yeah his career I'll say. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure it was worth it, but uh, it's been a rapidly evolving story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what's funny about it. And I I I, uh, I put a story in for the about this, which I don't know if you looked at yet, but um, basically, yeah, so just came it up. he seems to be with the idea that he was actually attacked. I, to this day, I believe is is still he he is not. Oh, he's dying that, with the lie. He's dying with the he lie. He has not admitted to it, but. The police did come out, I think, today, and so that they had even more evidence against him. So, yeah. and yeah, the I think the superintendent of police in Chicago going on like national TV talk shows talking about how like uh, you know we have all this evidence against it, it's completely like against the protocol of how criminal stuff yeah. usually works. I was very surprised. It, and to and see it's that. So many, I mean, Chicago had so much murder and so much crime, but like this case much attention this is, this is the case we're going to talk about yeah they were talking about what parts didn't make sense to them either and stuff they're being like mad open about it like yeah <laughs> they're made sure that in the court of public opinion that he is for sure going to lose this one like it's yeah, over and yeah. pu- the public eye it's over he's a liar oh um, it's crazy i just think it's funny because you know chicago are notorious for not solving a lot of crimes but they yeah. solve this one uh, incredibly fast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different <laughs> ways to talk about this. I mean, the Chicago police, there's just a corruption, huge history of, you know, horrible, horrible things. Like, I heard all this stuff about how, oh, they, they pulled 20 detectives off of other things to work on this case, which I don't know if I 
even believe that. I mean, I don't know if they're taking people off for murders to solve this, you know, hate uh, crime thing, which cases. I don't know why. They, be... they took 20 detectives off of cold cases to solve. <laughs> anything for a win, I guess. Any Anything, for, even something as, I mean, I, was, I won't say it's trivial, this whole case, but it kind of is <laughs> in the big picture of things, but it's not because he made these false claims and like they're affecting so many people negatively. Uh, yeah. And just the way that he did it was just so kind of disgusting. Right. But I mean, I never, I don't know. I don't know if Steve, like we kind of had this discussion, me and Dari, so we're not going to go fully into it, but I don't know if you, how you felt about it. Like when you first heard it, did you believe it? Do you think his story is believable? Cause me, I immediately, I was like, uh, nah, I don't, I don't believe anything he's saying. Well, I mean, it's like, I feel like if, if someone says they're a victim of a crime, you like, you want to extend a certain amount of sympathy to them to start off. But I remember people questioning it like in day, this first or second day. Like, I don't want the, 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 the revisionist history is that the media like went along with the story all along, which isn't really true because I mean, they were, I mean, he gave national TV interviews where people are asking him, you know, did you make this up? And I mean, that, that was, that, that idea was out there that he had made it up and it wasn't like they completely backed him up. Not to mention, I mean, and the media kept at it all along and it became an even yeah. bigger thing once it was clear that yeah. he, uh, did, that he that didn't happen, but like, I was really fascinated in like the local news aspect of it because <laughs> the local news stations in Chicago specifically were all over the story, and they were getting leaks every single day from the Chicago police about police believe such and such or this happened or that happened. I mean, it, that was, and I, I worked in local TV news for a brief time, and I, I this is yeah. something that I really noticed that doesn't get talked about how like how close local TV stations and the police are in major cities and how. Mm-hmm. They know, so if you watch local news, so much of it is about crime. Half yeah. the story is about crime. And they have to do a certain amount of, you know, sucking up to the police in order to have access to them and to get their sources. Because, I mean, yeah, build you're going to write about crime, that's your sources the police for 90% of the stories. Because it's like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there aren't, there aren't many, uh, there aren't many uh, police who have... There aren't any local, many local reporters who are well sourced in the criminal world. There's probably some people in New York who are the mobsters. They have sources with them. But <laughs> other than that, I mean, like, if there's a murder, the police are the source, and maybe some neighbors or, or witnesses or whatever. But that's like, yeah. and like all like people always talk about, you know, the media being biased or whatever. But like that, that like that part gets discounted. The fact that you know these the local the local news they're gonna give the cops side of the story on almost everything just because they mm-hmm. they almost have the press. So yeah. and. We saw that a lot with the small case. There were like four or five reporters who just every day had scoops about this and things the cops were saying that they weren't saying publicly. And because right. the cops, until like the very end, they were the, their public statement was that it was true or that it was that we're, treat, we're still treating yeah. the victim. We're not calling him a suspect, and that was <laughs> so. I need to see video footage of him in subway. Like, like I need to see oh, yeah. stuff like that. Like, bro, were you I, really? I, I believe like, he planned it all out. I believe he did everything he said. I just don't believe the reason behind it was the reason. I don't believe two guys at two a.m. in Ch- Chicago, downtown Chicago, were stalking him and yelled out "Empire" at him at two in the morning as he was going to his hotel. I just, I just don't believe that. And well, that, that was. I think one of the police officers said, you know, um. People who support Trump don't watch Empire and they don't know who he is. That was, that was um, one of my major points. That was like literally yeah. my <laughs> first point. Like I was like, I I didn't even know who he was, honestly. Like yeah. 
Right. All I knew was kept hearing Empire actor. I was like, okay, well, I, I don't even watch the show. So I don't even know him. But the fact that a Trump supporter is like watching Empire can pick this guy out at two in the morning and like, come on, yeah. like, like I, 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 well, I'm not gonna, name, but I knew his face. Like, so it was weird. Like I saw his face, the picture, and I was like, oh, okay, that's his name. The guy. I, I was like, oh yeah, he sings on the show Empire. Cool. But I was like, why would they target this guy? Like, yeah. Where was he? Like you know, I was like, I don't understand. They knew how... his itinerary. Who knew? Like, come on, like it's yeah, just like, like I'm confused. So they that was just going the, at subway at two in the morning. Like I, I, some people said stuff like, "Well, I, I, I can't imagine that there were Trump report, Trump supporters in a city like Chicago, but there are. <laughs> any, yeah, any, for sure. Any oh, any yeah. city, no matter how democratic it is, there are Trump supporters. In, in, now, are there Trump supporters like, that I are following? Yeah, I mean, I live in Philadelphia, which I think went nine to one for Hillary, and citywide. But like, you go to certain parts of the city, there's you know, Trump people who might not recognize the guy from Empire, but they they certainly live in the city. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I believe that. I just, I, I just a lot of people bullshit. watch Empire though. I don't even think it's yeah. as popular as it used to be. It's first se- after its first like two seasons, it's it never was as popular as it was. So, like, I think its viewership has definitely declined. I don't think people really know anybody except for um, Terrence Howard and and, Taraji. and um and uh, yeah. uh, Taraji, Taraji Henson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's a little different, like big movies. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, those are like the only two people you really know. I noticed like one actress that was in that show is in a different show, like now called The Gifted or something on Fox. So she's in like a superhero movie, but show. So I, but I don't know her name, I, but look, like either. So I, don't I mean, I just did. I just did like an opinion piece, opinion little short video, uh, opinion. I just posted it today, so you guys should definitely check that out on the site. But basically, my whole point was just I don't even really blame him for it because can't really blame like a liar for being like a liar and stuff like that like just being yeah. who he is. but i blame people for like falling for it like so easily and not like the media but like well, all what the, about the letters and though. stuff like that like come on like what about prior to, like the build-up the letter happened weeks before this oh he's, like, he's been setting this up for a while like yeah all that, all, nobody like, talked about like the letter, they didn't so react to it the way he wanted or something like he yeah. sent it in and then they didn't do anything about it. Oh, y'all not gonna, y'all not gonna do nothing about that that letter. What letter? Oh, I didn't get any mail. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I read some. Like, he might be looking at like really serious federal charges for the letter because yeah. like, it's like using the mail yeah. in the question of a fake threat is like a some federal statute that you would be violating and be looking at you know I mean, way more jail time than he would be for the other thing. So. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if that's, they're actually going to throw the book at him now. Yeah, I don't but, know um, how much jail time, if any, he's really going to get, but he he deserves all the shit that he's about to go through. <laughs> like, he really does, because this is this <laughs> is just bullshit. And the people who, like, came up, jumped out the window for him on, like, Twitter, like, right away, like, all the celebrities and stuff, like, they deserve all this egg on their face, too, because... All these presidential candidates, too. Yeah. They're, they're like... Yeah. They're, they were all, like... People and then that led to, to uh, like, I said, yeah, all of them that jumped to like support immediately, but like openly and like widely and, and encouraging and like, 
And like shut us down, people like skeptics. Like you can't be skeptical. Like like people that were doing that look so crazy right now, especially just because like I don't know. It's just it's just weird. It's just weird. And some people are still rocking with them. Like some people are still waiting for. I mean, they have no choice. They they went all in. They just like like, how how do you get out of that like situation? You can't. I I gotta wait till the verdict. Like they wait until the verdict now. Like. Yeah. Oh. Well, Kamala Harris. There was a conspiracy theory that Kamala Harris is his aunt, and therefore that she was involved in the hoax. Which I guess the the red, Smollett's mother's maiden name is Harris, so therefore someone took the leap that Kamala Harris is related. It's it's not true because they're not related. Oh, that's the funny. same part of the country, and I think I mean the, the theory was that Harris. Harris uh, introduced like an anti-lynching law, and the idea was that she participated in this hoax in order to build support for that. But like that was in the works long before this, and it passed Congress unanimously, so it wasn't like uh, she yeah, needed to. Uh, I mean, I heard a bunch of conspiracies, but things. it was just the tweet that she did. Like when I read the tweet, I just thought this is not going to age well. <laughs> like, oh no, bad. for real? Yeah, that's when it looks bad. Because when they're talking bad about something, like you can't, you can, you can, you can be positive about one thing defending it, but like your words can't be too like harsh. You could say like, "Oh, if this is true, this is a travesty," which is what we said. But it's just like I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, he, you have to believe him," or "or you're a racist too," or like you know, like it's just like, "Oh my god, yeah," like it's too much now. But I mean, if the worst thing you can say about Kamala Harris is that and the fact that she said the thing about the Tupac album that was the wrong year that she said it was, I mean, that's, if it's her against Trump, I mean, that's not really a fair, like, a fair fight in terms of no, yeah, things. No, of course not. Personal. And uh, so. Yeah, I mean, of course, Trump took time out of his busy day to comment on this one, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. The conspiracy theory, the 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 conspiracy theory that I heard was that this was a hoax to like get everyone to forget about Black History Month. By <laughs> <laughs> who? By the cops or by him? I don't know. I, don't know. I was like, they're working together, man. Like <laughs> he's gonna walk away free, and they're gonna say we we actually don't know who the perps are. The two guys, no. Like, <laughs> Let's be honest. Has Black History Month been made the most prominent month and most celebrated month in our country, though. So, I mean, I don't, okay. I don't see the agenda. But I mean, I, we could go on this forever. I just wanted to kind of touch Jesse on Jesse Smollett. Talk about it again. Jesse Smollett situation is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, the boy that cried hate crime. <laughs> Jeez. Forever in his life. Just, you know, use a little more caution before jumping to massive <laughs> conclusions and defenses of people that you don't even know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, now people know for sure not to play with something that serious. <laughs> but there was another controversy that has gone around since the last time we talked. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the Aladdin trailer with Will Smith, but he has been getting hit pretty strongly about how he appears in the movie. Oh, word. <laughs> yeah. First, well, first they're mad because he wasn't blue in the first teaser trailer or teaser image, and now they're mad that he is blue and how it looks in the trailer. So it's like a what? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I don't know why they're remaking that and they're remaking Aladdin, and they're both this year, and I don't really know why either one is necessary. 
they're not money. And <laughs> I love the yeah. French Stilette. So, and I, 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 I mean, it's this is what Disney's doing. Like, if you look at Disney's slate for this year, it's another, in addition to all the Marvel stuff, it's a remake of Dumbo, it's a remake of Lion King, it's a remake of, and it's a sequel to Toy Story, and it's a sequel to Frozen. And it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so good, but it's all just, you know, it's none of it's original. I think, yeah, but see, like, what I think they're doing is, because Disney's going to, do you know when they're going to launch their streaming platform? This year, I think later this year is last year. Okay, because like in the music industry, what people do is create remixes to get their streams up on the original song. So like these movies are basically remixes to their originals, and now they're gonna have all their digital classics on their streaming I platform. I don't think Disney was gonna have any trouble getting people to the streaming platform. The first. Oh, time. I know that. I'm just saying the new generation is gonna watch the new stuff like it's hot and want to watch the old stuff even more just on their own without like getting put onto it. I mean, they're all pointless. They really are. Like they're yeah. basically beat for beat yeah. recreations and much worse. But it's like exactly. it's just easy money. So I, I I know why they're doing. It's just easy money, basically. You don't even have to really put in too much work, and it just gets some big name actors, get a couple of directors, and that's it. Like they turn these movies around really fast. So, uh, is there anything left for them to turn into a live action remake? Because I know they're well, doing there's like Mulan. 40 movies. I'm sure they'll they'll work their way through those too. There'll be another Pinocchio, another Snow White, another just going yeah, on the line. I mean, Pinocchio, all... yeah. I mean, Fantasia would be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they have in their they bought Poison Fox, so they're gonna have like. A whole other studio with a hundred years of history with all these movies, and I really hope that they put the older mm-hmm. movies somewhere to stream. It's, Netflix doesn't have anything uh, old. I mean, this Stanley got kind of... None of his movies are on Netflix because they're all from before nineteen seventy. So, mm. I'm not really happy about Disney buying up all these studios. Oh yeah, I told you. I was like, I wasn't sure what it was gonna do, and and at first I was like, all right, that's cool, because I didn't know they were gonna have a streaming platform. But now that I know that they are going to be a direct competitor with Netflix and Hulu then they own Pixar now I'm like Marvel. oh shit now they're about to own Fox <laughs> yeah they own Star Wars like it's I don't really like this <laughs> like, I, what I, I, like, I, what I didn't like was when this first got announced about 80% of the media coverage was about one thing it was about what does this mean for a crossover with the MCU and the X-Men that's the right. last. I don't and even I don't want them to cross over. Yeah, like but... maybe they'll do that someday. But that's not what's. I mean, this well, is like everybody was worried about like was. they were worried about like the rated R rating and stuff, or like how like Marvel was starting to get like a little more gritty in some ways, and like they wanted to keep the edge of like bloodiness and, and new shit, and like they thought Disney might like fuck up like some of the chemistry with the Marvel. That was oh, like, yeah. Exactly. So, like, that's one thing. That's where that controversy came from. But then I was also thinking just, like, their exclusivity and, like, taking it away from, like, Netflix. Like, not putting new seasons on or something. I mean, owning, having, like, all, having the large majority of, like, creative uh, intellectual properties under one giant organization is never a good thing for creativity. Right. So, right. That's what I'm more worried about is that it'll shake out with like four of these companies owning everything. It'll be like uh, them and Universal, which is Comcast, and you know maybe someone will buy Netflix at some point, and that that'll be another one. I mean, it'll it'll just be and you got to mm. subscribe to all of them to 
this will be instead of cable. You'll just have to subscribe to all these things in order to get all the entertainment you want. And it'll end up costing about what cable costs now. So, and I mean, there's good and bad things about it. The good thing is, I mean, the good thing about Netflix is there's just so much there. And a lot of projects are getting made that wouldn't be made otherwise. But, you know, the downside is there's nothing old on there and there's nothing, you know, there's yeah, a lot of film history that just how is you know, not accessible they anyway. Going towards the more traditional model, that's all. <laughs> what do you mean? Make more money that way. So I, I don't, I don't know. When that, when, whenever a corporation gets that much power and control over stuff, it never really turns out well for the consumers. That's all. I'm yeah, that's why monopolies are illegal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sort of. <laughs> well, I mean, there was films struck which was the uh, streaming service that had like old movies um which shut down a couple months ago because it was bought it was under time warner which at&t bought and i guess they realized it wasn't profitable enough to their liking and so that went away and i'm part of the problem because i never i kind of feel bad that i didn't but uh i mean i'm kind of there have been a lot of streaming services like this that have gone away <laughs> yeah. where I'm just like i'm really glad that exists really great idea i mean did i sign up for it myself no i didn't but mm. you know i I'm glad. I'm glad someone did. So maybe you're, I'm a, you're a vocal supporter. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but but I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see which way it goes. I mean, it'll be good in some ways, you know. I mean, Netflix. Some of these Netflix has put a lot of movies into existence and funded a lot of things, given distribution to a lot of things that might not have gotten that otherwise. I mean, the Orson Welles yeah. movie they got restored after 40 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not worried about movie. Netflix, but Disney, I am. In terms of right. owning all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, Netflix is buying up a lot of Fox's canceled shows and like remaking them, like bringing all their seasons to Netflix and then like rebooting it with new seasons. Yeah, of they're their doing own. that to a lot of companies. They did that. You, which that was like, I forget what channel, what network that was on. It was on cable though before. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Lifetime. Then they just yeah. I haven't seen the show. Then they just bought it and Mm. put it on their stream service. And you see how like quickly that shot up to popularity because nobody even knew it about it before. So Mm -hmm. it's a good way to get like a second life on on stuff. Like Netflix is I'm not too upset with them. They're they're doing a pretty good job in terms of creativity and letting people kind of get their voice heard. Yeah. The documentaries too. They 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 fund a lot of documentaries, they fund a lot of like stand up specials and they and there's a lot of just uh you know, and that's one thing, and I don't want to go too far from what we're talking about, but like documentaries, this was a great year for documentaries because there's a lot of companies that are just giving them distribution, like Amazon is and Netflix is and PBS, mm-hmm. and CNN. I mean, there's just, there ended up being a ton of them. So. I feel like there's even a lot of documentaries that have been popping up on cable TV, cable TV now. You know, I think people's interest in documentaries has yeah. gone up a lot because of Netflix specifically. Yeah. You know, it's those murder documentaries. Yeah, murder right. and like the R. Kelly and Michael Jackson one coming up. That and the oh, yeah, uh, and the cult yeah, like um yeah, the cult one for sure. Ted Bundy one. The Wild Wild Country that was crazy. Yeah. Oh, did you guys speaking of that? Did you see? I don't know if you want to watch documentary now. No. Mm-hmm. No, I, have, I didn't. The third season just started. It's, it was Bill Hader and Fred Armisen started it. It's this like. It's a show where each episode is a parody of a documentary. Like, it's always a parody of like a famous <laughs> old documentary, which like 
it's really funny if you know the documentary that they're parodying, but even if you don't, it's like funny on its own merits. And uh, yeah. Thrawn was a parody of Wild Wild Country, where it was uh, Owen Wilson as the cult leader. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was, and then I, I don't think I've even seen all of Wild Wild Country, so I didn't get all the references. But it was just unbelievably funny. It was, it right. kind of just like it takes like the filmmaking. Uh, there was one parody of Jiro Dreams of Sushi. There's, they're just like, yeah. I think this is the third or fourth season. There've been a bunch, there've been a bunch of really great ones. So if you feel like documentaries even a little bit, I recommend checking that out. Well, I'm gonna try to find that episode though for sure. Like, <laughs> it's on last week. Uh, if you have IFC, it's it's on there. So. Okay. Well, speaking of you know shows, one I really wanted to touch on before we get to the Oscars is the Umbrella Academy, and I just want to say. It's fucking good. It's <laughs> it's so good. You heard it here, folks. The Umbrella That shit is fire. You know what's crazy? I was, I was skeptical. I was like, oh, how is this better than all the shows? You know, I was like, what do you mean? Like, better than Heroes, Doug? Like, better than, you know, I was like trying to pick, like, think of shows in my head. Like, so I sat down and watched it with uh, my fiance and we were both like, yeah, this is a uh, better than those other shows. <laughs> like after episode one, we we're like, yeah, this is like better, huh? I told you, bro. Like, <laughs> it's a it's a comic book adaptation, of course, but is like yeah. an obscure comic book that I never heard of. And most people haven't heard of. Yeah, it's it's. But it's, I was really interested to see how like Netflix would replace like their Marvel shows that they basically all. What I think they officially canceled all of them now. And yeah. I gotta say, I think they're gonna be just fine because this was yeah. better than all those Marvel shows to me because they had way more like character depth for sure, and like the yeah. way they like interacted with each other was way better than anything else they had. Well, they took the like their angle was so cool because unlike every superhero show you've ever seen, this one doesn't focus on their superpowers. No. Not at all, actually. So like, yeah, no, like it's about a family, and then really it's about an, yeah, yeah, really fucked up family. <laughs> the whole point of the show is really them trying to stay together, or or at least like you know not not fall apart and basically like, like overcome all their childhood trauma and bullshit that like had made them so not really a family, so dysfunctional, and basically dealing with yeah. like their father's stuff, which is I mean. Not the most original kind of storyline, but the way they do it and like the characters are like so original and unique to me. Specifically, number five, who is like an old ass man who's stuck in like a 13 year old body. 59 year old. Yeah. yeah, he came back 59, stuck in a 12 or 13 year old's body. <laughs> and that kid actor was amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. I heard the directors and um, the writer of the comic book, they went through like 300 kids before they got to that kid well they picked the right one because he yeah. never seen he's good the i think in my reaction i called her juno but ellen page uh <laughs> yeah ellen i page. thought it was gonna focus like so much on her but it actually didn't and she wasn't like overpowering compared to like everybody else everybody had like that's what was crazy because i knew she had more to the story i was like they wouldn't have ellen page on here with all these non-named people as a background character. I was yeah. like, what's she gonna she's gonna have something, you know. So like lo and behold, you know, 
She's in, but I didn't want to give too much to where I want to. Like, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'm gonna say this is a must watch. Like out of everything on Netflix, this is absolutely a must watch. It's that. Ellen Page is another that went out on a limb with the Jesse thing, by the way. Oh, she did. I can see I that. Though. I can see that. I could definitely see that. I mean, I'm a fan of her. So I don't want to. Oh, I'm a fan of her work by far. I love. I love. I'm a fan of a lot of these people choices. Who went out her on comedic the timing. Sure I just like her awkwardness. She's a great performer. I'm I just pretty don't sure know. Jordan Peele yeah. also went out on a limb. So I'm a fan of a lot of these people who went out on a limb. Yeah. I just want to say, <laughs> like, let's not. <laughs> let's not. Like, actually listen to his story and then kind of <laughs> think about what he's saying before yeah. you just go out there and just, like, go to the extreme for this guy. That's all I'll say. You guys see Russian Doll? No, but I have heard great My things. Beyonce watched it. She said it was really, really good. good. Yeah, well, eight episodes each a half hour, so you can blast in, blast out. It takes two or three days, and it's uh, right. it's really good. Mm. It's a uh, kind of perfect for Netflix. And Natasha Leone, she's wonderful from uh, Orange yeah, not just they're from oh, yeah, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, she was great in that. So, yeah. was she in American Pie too? Yes, she was in American Pie. She well, she had kind of a two part career. She was she had a career when she was young, and then she was um, on drugs for a while. Yeah. And then she got sober and kind of made a comeback with her black and other things. Yeah. I remember yeah, seeing I remember her around New York. Like, she looks so <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that's crazy. <laughs> Damn, I never put that together. That's yeah, she was seen in the early two thousands called uh, But I'm a Cheerleader, which is about uh she gets sent to a gay conversion camp and she, you know, resists it and runs off with the girl. Yeah, it's kind huh. of a uh, much better movie than Boy Erased. Hmm. I haven't seen that one <laughs> either. So. That's but on a kind of related, unrelated, well, unrelated, but related but unrelated. No, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this story about this guy who was uh, like ahead of this gay conversion camp for like 20 years and he just came out of the closet like a week ago and he divorced his That's happened like a few times. Like, oh. Yeah. yeah I, was like, uh, I was like, that happens like every five years. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all of the news this past week, and I just thought oh, well, the irony in that one, you know. Oh yeah, well of course. Yeah, that was I mean, weird. He had to have so much resentment for himself that he was just like, you know, trying to beat it out of other people, and then yeah. he finally didn't give. He had to give in. He's like, look, I can't beat it out of myself now. I just I tried by getting it out of all these people Married for twenty thirty years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so Umbrella Academy, everybody go watch it. And I'm gonna go watch the Russian doll probably this week. She was talking about. So we're gonna get right to Oscars talk. Um, I guess we just give like our initial or our impressions for if you guys watch the show, what you guys think about it, and compared to like the other year's shows and whatnot. Well. So, I thought the show itself was actually surprisingly well done. They kind of stumbled into a formula that worked in that there was no host and that they're, they didn't waste a lot of time with a lot of the things they usually waste time with. Um, they had yeah, a I was three hours, which they didn't quite make that, but they it was, I think, three hours, 50 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was breezy. It was fast-paced. It was... Uh, 
it didn't waste a lot of time with stuff that was unnecessary other than the queen performance which i'm not really sure why they did that because it was not good no. <laughs> yeah, like I, I did not enjoy it i don't want to too- adam lambert hey, yeah, yeah i mean i get it and I, I forgot who that was. I was like, oh, that's Adam Lambert. <laughs> it's just hard for, hard for me to picture anybody but Freddie Mercury like singing that stuff. So it's like really hard to enjoy. Yeah, yeah I was like, Bruno Mars should have did that. <laughs> or even the guy from the movie. But it was like, yeah, that's so amazing. the show, I mean, and that only took, that was like the first five minutes. I mean, they didn't, I was afraid they'd do like a whole medley or play all of the song Bohemian Rhapsody, which... Yeah, I think the two songs, weirdest song choices for me. Like, I was like, I don't, we will rock you at the Oscars. I I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think it was a good choice, but. I mean, there weren't any nominated, I mean, usually the songs that they sing at the Oscars are the nominated songs, which, you know, none of the songs in the Queen movie were new, so they, none of them couldn't be nominated for original song. But um, I thought the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga song was wonderful, and just the way they staged it and shot it was just so. Non-traditional for an award show, and I really—that was. I mean, I, that's the, that's the moment that people are going to remember from this. Really, that, that was the moment. That was the, probably the, the moment of the Oscars. I think everybody kind of went crazy on Twitter about it. Yeah. Now. They did. Yeah. Now the show itself, I liked. The winners, I did not like. I was. I, mean, I thought it was good. Okay. You're lagging behind a little bit. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm like, I got lag. So go ahead, Steve. All right. So um, the show itself I liked, but the winners I had some uh, strong disagreements with. I don't think Green Book deserved Best Picture or anywhere close to Best Picture. I <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that a little, in a little. I'm going to give that a little. And I, uh, I did a ranking of all of the movies that I saw in 2018. And... Green Book was in the 300s. I'm not kidding. That's literally where it ranked. And beyond Best Picture, the fact that Green Book won for Best Screenplay was, I thought, atrocious as well, just because it was not a good screenplay. And it was not, it didn't develop its characters well. The dialogue was stupid. I mean, every, the, the writing was one of the worst mm-hmm. elements of, of And uh, the other big disagreement I had was that Bohemian Rhapsody won for, I didn't really object that much to Rami Malek winning. Because I thought he was was decent. But editing editing and sound and sound mixing were the Oscars of Bohemian Rhapsody won. And the editing in that movie, you might have seen a viral clip that's made the rounds of like this one scene where they're just sitting at a table talking and there's like 25 cuts in one minute. It's and I think the the reason that they won I think the reason the guy won the best editing Oscar was because, you know, the director got fired and the impression is that like is that the editor kind of saved the movie, which I don't even know if that's true, but that's I think that's um but then again that editor has worked with Brian Singer on like every movie of his career. So I think uh I don't know if that's uh you know the consolation word that it should be. Um Olivia Coleman was a nice surprise. I liked her in that, that film. And yeah. uh, and uh you know it was great to see some uh, Spike Lee finally win because he uh finally he, uh you know, he, he did not win best director. Not be nominated, so <laughs> All right, what was your what were your impressions? Um, so I didn't see the whole thing. Obviously, three hours is too long to watch everything, yeah. but I did watch most of the highlights and mo- most of the big like awards and speeches. And like you, uh, I thought it was decent. I mean, it wasn't like mind blowing, but 
I thought it was gonna be much worse without a host, and I think they all did a pretty good job, especially picking like all the guests and people who were gonna introduce everything. Like I think they all did a good job, and they all related mm-hmm. in the right ways to everything. Um, obviously, I did. I mean, I've never thought last year was like a really strong year for movies, and I thought this year's field wasn't like a really strong field either. So I wasn't like too shocked to buy anything because I didn't have like any strong favorites to win. Um, but I was kind of pissed that Spike Lee didn't win Best Director because I I didn't think he was going to because everybody's talking about Roma so much. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we're gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about Green Book right now. So everybody <laughs> is super pissed about. Green Book. <laughs> um, that's a hot topic. That's the hottest topic right now. So before the show came out, I watched every nominated movie. That's why I was like, "That's the one I didn't watch, though. I haven't got to that one yet." I watched all of them. Um, I didn't love any of them. Like none of them. Like <laughs> I just thought, like the favorite was okay. It had some moments. I think the performances. I, I think the performances were great in the favorite, specifically Rachel Weisz, which I think she. Could have easily won one, but it wasn't like very exciting. Roma was a great art piece, I guess, and like a love letter to you know his life, but it was extremely boring for the two hours and whatnot. <laughs> Black Panther's Black Panther, I didn't think it was gonna win just because it's a Congo movie. And Vice was entertaining. I don't know how like completely accurate it is, but it's entertaining. It basically felt like the exact same formula from the big short. He just applied it to like Dick Cheney's story. And, and like put it on steroids. I mean it was yeah. like he had those little funny, you know, offbeat touches in the big short and he just decided, well, well that worked. I'm gonna, you know, yeah. do that times a hundred for the Dick Cheney one. And I I, think, I, think I was entertained by that movie. It just went over so much that yeah, I think it was just the strongest point of his of that movie for me was that he made like such a dark and depressing story, like really depressing story, like actually enjoyable to watch because it's like you know how fucked up it is because mm. it's actually kind of like real life, but it's still enjoyable movie. Like that was his strongest point to me, and it was literally just like the big short. So it was it was entertaining. I think Christian Bale as Dick Cheney was pretty damn good. Uh, I think yeah. everybody was pretty damn good in the movie. It just didn't really feel like as impactful as a movie like that should have been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost well, I'm glad, too like, if if it if it breaks the this new uh, idealization of the Bushers and how you know I think I think it was Harry Reid who came out today and said, "Well, no, I this is making me miss the Bushers." All the stuff that's going on with Trump. It's like things yeah. mm-hmm. are pretty bad back then. A lot of bad stuff happened. And, really know, bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, wish this you know kindly grandfather type or Cheney either. I mean, that was like you yeah. know a lot. I mean, he, he kind of played Bush you know, for like it was everything was normal until Trump. That's not how it was. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's gonna be as impactful as like the Big Short was in terms of like really understanding the topics that he's like trying to talk about. Because I thought it was like almost too lighthearted. In its approach, but right. what was that other movie? Um, I said Roma, Vice, Black Panther, favorite, and I guess that's just Green Book. Or is... everything, everything won something. All, all eight of the Best Picture nominees won at least one award. So oh, yeah, they... oh, Black Star Spread 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 Spread
already saw Black Klansman. That was yeah. Okay, so I already saw Black 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 Klansman. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. Uh, I thought it was Spike Lee's best movie in a really long time. And mm-hmm. even though I think it played things of kind of like Vice was a bit too loose and lighthearted at times, but I oh, think it yeah. did a better job of like really conveying its story, its impact. And then A Star Is Born. I didn't even know it was a remake. I don't know the originals, but I think Bradley Cooper surprised me how good like directing and acting he did in that specific specific role. I just yeah. felt like it started out really strong and then got kind of real shaky at the end in terms of the way it ended. I wasn't really feeling the ending. Well, I think um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm kind of mystified by Stars Born not. I mean, Stars. If you went back to like last fall, Stars Born was the Oscar favorite going into the season. Everybody assumed that it was you know it had it in the bag. And I'm not really, really sure why it lost that. I mean, I feel like people kind of got oh, mixed up with how good certain scenes and the music was comparing to like the overall movie. For me, I was like, the music was amazing. And it made me really like the song a lot more, honestly. But then I think it started out really strongly, like I said, but I think mm-hmm. it just rushed things towards the end and kind of just didn't really hit that home run at the end. Kind of just, you know, kind of just faded away. Well, there was some weird, like, stuff with the stuff that happened with that, like, I mean, Cooper gave a couple interviews where it seemed like he was, like, too thirsty for an Oscar, which mm-hmm. I never understood that criticism of people. Like, you're, you're, mean, yeah, this, you, these like, studios spend so much money on, on these awards campaigns, and it's six months out of the year, they're campaigning hard, they're doing negative campaigns about against uh, other movies, and, like... Mm-hmm. Cooper gives an interview where he seems too eager to win an Oscar. I mean, good. I mean, what, 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 why should he be sorry about that? I mean, it's what happened yeah, with Anne Everybody wants this. But he worked really hard. Yeah, like, yo, I worked, this is the hardest I ever worked on a film. I really want to Oscar. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Anne Hathaway, everyone, everyone got an Anne Hathaway for this. That she, you know, she really seems like she wants an Oscar. I'm like, yeah, so yeah, what? Everybody yeah. wants an Oscar. <laughs> like, why is that? She, uh, like, like, yeah. criticism. And, uh, it's funny. Anne Hathaway, that was funny, though, when she said that on stage. That was kind of crazy. I was like, damn. I, that's one of those things you always remember about her. And right. she'll probably never get one. Wait, did she get one? No, she got one for uh, Les Mis. Yeah, that's what oh, it was. Gosh. That was Where She the, was only yeah. in it for like 10 minutes, but she shaved her head. That was crazy, it. too. <laughs> it was like three yeah. other people that like could have got the Les Mis. And, yeah. She got it, yeah. She got that one. Yeah. <laughs> She's campaigning hard, but all right, that brought me to that brought me to Green Book. So I'm gonna just talk about Green Book because I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said it was. I thought it was a fine movie. Um, obviously, there's a lot of things in question about how factual it was, and right. you know, writing and everything that goes along mm-hmm. with it. Those people that I don't know, the family of Don Shirley really don't like this movie and really don't like the way they portrayed all the events saying that it's not factual at all. They were really weren't that close of friends, blah, 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 which really changes mm. the movie. This is true. But for the movie that they did put on screen, I thought it was a generic uh, period type of film. But the thing I did like is the actors because I like Mahershala Ali and I like Viggo Mortensen in this, even though he is a giant stereotype. I do think yeah. <laughs> their interactions are really 
like heartfelt, especially towards the end of the movie. And like, I really liked their chemistry together on screen more so than the actual movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. What my problem with the film was that I I didn't like Viggo Mortensen's performance. I thought he was just doing like a. He sounded like Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny. He's just doing yeah. this like broad Italian stereotype guy, and he's just. But that could be how the guy was. Extra pollen figure that by his redemption. I didn't. I didn't believe that he was redeemed. I didn't feel like, and I didn't feel that his redemption arc was worthy of a movie. And I thought that Don Shirley's story was more, much more interesting than his. Yeah. And I would have much rather seen a movie about Don Shirley's. Don Shirley definitely should get his own movie because his story is way more yeah. interesting than this one. But. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie. I thought it was fine for what it was. But mm-hmm. winning the best picture and being nominated like that is for sure not <laughs> once it happened. Um, it was generic. Like honestly, it's a really generic type of movie for this type of film. It is, and, mm-hmm. and to see it win the best picture, especially over a lot of favorites. Like I thought Roma or like you said, Stars Born. I thought they had like. Giant Oscar pushes and to see mm-hmm. this one and was like a shock. And I think the best reaction to it was apparently Spike Lee tried to leave uh, yeah. the building <laughs> when it got announced. Oh yeah, yeah. It was also- <laughs> yeah, in his um in his speech in the backstage, he said it was like it was like I felt like I was um. Uh, courtside at a Knicks game, you know, and the ref made a bad call. I just, yeah. I just got. <laughs> and well, oh, I think I'm... like, you know, I lost, I lost. It was like I lost to driving Miss Daisy all over again because that was. What yeah, this is what I was gonna bring up. It's like it's literally almost the same situation, like a far better movie, and yeah. a movie. That's I mean, do the right thing is a movie. I mean, that's. I mean, do the right thing is one of the best movies that's come out like in my life, and and driving Miss Daisy is not a movie that I've. Much thought of in the thirty years since then, it other than has the not aged well. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I, I thought if Bill Street could talk was not only better than Green Book, but it was better than all eight of the nominated Best Picture movies. And I don't yeah, know why I it was not. Yeah. I like I don't understand why. Mm. Like there isn't yeah, really a. Yeah, yeah, if Bill Street could talk, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, oh, one. Regina King won. I was happy to see that, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was tough. Yeah, so I was gonna Pretty say like I loved Regina King's perform uh, speech. I loved Rami Malek's speech. It was great. I loved uh, Olivia Campbell or Coleman. Mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman. Oh, I like how they don't turn the music on in the uh, in the Oscars. They they let them rock. Yeah, no, they turn the music on. <laughs> well, they yeah, but they give they them like if they don't like, blare they them, them like, off the stage, but they definitely turn it on. Like all right, now like, but. Yeah. By far, the best moment was Spike Lee getting his first Oscar win and being announced by Samuel yeah. Jackson. Like that was amazing. That was amazing. That was amazing. Because he gave him the whole Spike Lee. <laughs> and that, that was amazing. Like he, that was you could just feel it. Like and he jumped Lee. on top of Sam with his golden Jordans on. <laughs> and he gave such a fucking amazing speech and tied and do the right thing into it. And of course, Trump had something to say about it. Like it's all about him. Yeah, what? <laughs> like, what? he did, yeah, bro. Oh yeah, oh, he tweeted oh, about he called Spike Lee racist. He said, I don't remember what else he said, but it was like, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure Trump had a had a joke set to go about the ratings being down, but then the ratings it turns out the ratings were up. So he 
Yeah, he didn't say anything about that. But, uh, he said something like he he said it was a racist well, speech, but but literally the whole speech was talking about how his ancestors came up through save slavery and how his yeah. grandmother saved fifty years of social security to put him through film school, and then he put in the thing at the end about twenty twenty and voting and voting for love and not hate, and of course Trump, you know. <laughs> Right. Obviously, he he knows he's on the other side of the this, of the line that he's drawing, yeah. and yeah, he only responds to obviously right. minorities. But it's like, wait, I'm a hater. <laughs> yeah, so he had to <laughs> he had to throw that out there. But it was a great speech and a great moment. I think that was the best moment of the night. Well, I remember the year the year Michelle Obama they had her present best picture, and she gave this speech this like completely innocuous speech about how you should follow your dreams and you know. You know, be be a creative person, and like Republican people just went nuts about that. They're like, how how could yeah. they do that? How could they be so political? This you know, non political. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars have never not been political. I mean, back to like the '60s, people said things political when they uh when they went up on stage. That's that's not the new. I mean, I actually didn't even think it was that political of Oscars. And like Spike Lee said his thing, but it really wasn't that political. And then people took Malik's speech as being political, like. Talking about his family. Well, he's talking about immigrate. He's talking about being an immigrant. immigration, yeah, and you know how uh, he just used um, what are those? What's it called? Um, trigger words. Yeah, <laughs> he used trigger words. Uh, immigrant. Those are yeah, yeah. definitely trigger words. Like well, Alfonso <laughs> with his three different acceptance speeches. I think he mentioned he mentioned Mexico and a lot of those, and he said stuff about you know. Uh, I think five of the last six best director winners have been Mexican. It was Coron. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, really? And also yeah. Del Toro, and also uh, Inaratu for uh, for men. But uh, oh yeah, sure. Oh snap, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's those three guys who are all friends with each other. And they all you know, like who won the year that uh, Leonardo finally won? Was it who was this director? It was uh, Inaratu for the Revenant. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he won for Birdman. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was it's not yeah. really a, like this happens a lot where someone wins an Oscar after a long time and it's not for the movie they should have won for. Like, no, that was a that was definitely a lifetime. Have you watched the Revenant since then? Like, here, finally, <laughs> here, just go ahead and have this one. You know? Yeah, I needed to watch it one time and I was like, oh, cool, that was a good story. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was just like great visuals. Don't need to see it again. Yeah, I'll probably watch Shutter Island again before I watch. Oh, the I've Revenant. seen Shutter Island like twenty times. <laughs> like. I've seen Wolf Wall Street. Shutter Island, Inception, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely a lifetime. He had to win one eventually. They had to give it to him. Like they couldn't keep snubbing him, you know. (laughs) But uh, I mean, that's my thoughts about it. I thought it was decent. Terrible. Well, I mean, uh, outside of the best picture, I I was pretty satisfied with. Everything else that won. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the big surprise today was that the ratings actually went up. Now they, this is all relative. You got to look at it. It was it was up probably. I think I saw six or seven percent from last year, but last year was the all time lowest, and it was last year had been a double digit decline mm-hmm. from the year before. So I think like it was up, but it's still mm-hmm. the second highest, second lowest rated aspects of all time. However, it was still like twenty <laughs> million, and it was. It's probably going to be the highest rated show on tel- on network, network television this year, other than football. So, 
Oh, wow. Think of that what you will. It depends which way you look at it. I mean, it's not like well, people are going to say that people are going to hear that and say, well, nobody watched the Oscars, but obviously, you know, yeah, people did. Well, I think last year wasn't the Oscars so white hashtag going around. That wasn't was that a couple last... years ago. No, that was, well, like... it was, it was oh, that was two years, years ago. ago. Three years ago, two years ago, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was before the Hidden Figures year, and that was like two or three years ago. So I'm not sure exactly. It was when Chris Rock. Was. But I mean, that's something. That... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might have been. Um, Word. I mean, that's well, I'm not going to where... lie. When um, they announced Green Book, I thought it was going to be a La La Land situation. I was waiting for her to say something else. I was like, wait. I was like, say something else. Like, safeguards <laughs> <laughs> in place to prevent that from ever happening again. I think they've uh, they've, they've taken <laughs> steps to to not uh, have that ever. Uh, that particular yeah, right. <laughs> but, oh, um, I mean, the best... there's definitely been. Oh, god. I was gonna say the best moment of the night was the best joke of the night was it was like an inside joke. It was from Trevor Noah. I don't know if you saw that, but he said his little he said he said a phrase in African and he said that it was uh what he said. It said um, in times like these we are stronger when we fight together than when we try to fight apart. But apparently the real translation of what he said was white people don't know I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> African Twitter has been having a field day with it. So. Uh, he, so he had a good, um, he had a good uh, joke about Mel Gibson too. He's yeah, like, he uh, threw. He, ate, he threw that said another word for that too. <laughs> <laughs> and there weren't a lot of jokes overall, other than um, I liked the uh, Melissa McCarthy thing where she was dressed as the, the favorite characters. Oh yeah. Well, that was cool, actually. That was like a, a neat little thing. Because they mean, don't really do costumes. I'd be okay if they just let Samuel Jackson present everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. He used to host the ESPYs. I guess he could probably host the. Uh, you could probably host uh, the Oscars. I mean, yeah. So I was gonna say, do you think they're gonna have a host now again? Or... I mean, I there, there's a good chance they might just decide. You know right. what? Yeah. We didn't have a host, and the ratings were up, and we kept the show short, and maybe we'll just keep doing that and. I mean, they had a real hard time finding a host. I mean, what people forget is, like, when they announced Kevin Hart, it was still months later than it normally is when they announced the host. It was, yeah. like, November, I think, or maybe even mid-December. And because yeah. uh, either, I, I don't know if they literally no one wanted to do it or if no one, I mean, hosting the Oscars is a pretty thankless job because yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't really let anyone use their talents. It doesn't really... It's so like if you're an actor, you don't get to do much acting. If you're a singer, you don't get to do much acting. If you're, you're much singing, if you're a comedian, you don't really get to be that funny. Like, they did like let the, Chris Rock do a lot more than I thought he was gonna be able to do. They did. I mean, but I mean, Chris Rock did a good monologue, but it was like, he I did. mean, it was a, it was a Chris Rock stand. It was 15 minutes of a Chris Rock stand-up routine, which was you know, PG-13 rated, if not PG mm-hmm. rated, compared to you know what he would be doing on stage. So, and yeah. and then you end up doing. It's just really being the host is really just the monologue, and then you do various recurring bits throughout the night, which are usually not very good, no matter what, no matter who writes and what they do. So I mean, it's not. And then when the ratings go down, the host gets blamed, whether they're really to blame or not. And I mean, I thought, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was just fine as the host the last year, although some of those bits he did. I mean, some of the bits he did were just bad. Like he did these, he did the whole thing where he went over to the theater next door, and that was twenty minutes of you know nothing funny happening and. The best part was Matt Damon. That's his best joke in mm-hmm. his entire career. Yeah. Is his ongoing thing with Matt Damon, literally. Yeah. 
Facts. But Facts. Over, at the, over at the Spirit Awards, Aubrey Plaza apparently killed it. I don't know if you've seen some I heard good things. Did. Yeah, I think you watched that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard. yeah, she she killed it. And Alicia Keys killed the Grammy. So, I'm, I mean, I think <laughs> the right host, you can, you should be fine. Well, it's the Grammys who've done the no host thing race times where, you know, I mean, the Grammys are a little bit different because it's just so much of it is just performances where it's like, mm-hmm. if you're the host, all you really have to do is, you know, introduce the performances and introduce the presenters and i mean she had the best performance of the night too so yeah i think the oscars might have to i think they're going to incorporate some performances if they if they adopt the no host situation i think adding maybe soundtrack artists to like a performance set might be a way to like bring viewership to their four performances but they're like really short yeah yeah, I mean, the Queen one. And Queen, they had that Miller thing. They had uh, the Starsborn one. And they had mm-hmm. Rudson and it was one out of Busta Scruggs. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. That was... But they're all they were short, like two minutes, like two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Busta Scruggs was so brilliant. That that first like the first segment of Ballad of Buster Scruggs was one of my favorite things. If that had been like stand a standalone candidate for short film, that was just like so brilliant. I mean, the rest of the movie I didn't like as much as that, but that was just like I love it so much. Yeah, I actually watched it the other day, and I was I didn't I didn't know what to expect, but I was I was surprised. <laughs> pretty depressing, actually, pretty dark. <laughs> Surprisingly dark for. I thought it was gonna be more lighthearted because the people were in it, but it was actually pretty dark. It was actually pretty, it was good too. Though. It was a nice little anthology. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you guys let us know what you thought about the, the Oscars and the ho- the no host Oscars and you know just the general show and how you think it went mm-hmm. and whatnot. What were your favorite moments and what were your the moments you could do without? Let us know in the comments down below. So we're just gonna hop into it. Uh, talk about see who had the most predictions right. Got my list right here. Ah. Yeah. So best picture. Uh nominees were Green Book, Black Panther, Black Clansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, Stars Born, and Vice. And I'm pretty sure nobody in the country, probably not even the directors, had this one picked as the best winner, but Green Book won. Did I say Stars Born or Roma? I don't remember what I said. <laughs> you both said the Stars Born. Okay. I said Roma and Green Book one. So Yeah. Crazy. Very crazy. Best actor. We had Rami Malik, Christian Bell, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, and Vigo Mortensen. I said Remy Malik. And both of you guys said um, Christian Bell. Yep. Ah. You got that one. I, I told you. Uh, music by Optic of Queen. Annie did a great job. Come on, no way. So, best actress, we had Olivia Coleman, Yalitza, a party show, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, and Melissa McCarthy. I said Gaga. Stephen, you said Gaga, and. Reese, you said Glenn Close, and the winner was mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman. 
Her speech was cute. She was like so shocked. So, actor and best supporting actor, Marshall Ali, Adam Driver, Sam Elliott, Richard E. Grant, and Sam Rockwell. I said Adam Driver. Rishi said Marshall Ali. And mm-hmm. Stephen, you said Sam Elliott. And the winner was Marshall Ali. Wasn't mad at that. Thank one. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Points on the board. <laughs> Best supporting actress Regina King, Amy Adams, Marina De Tavira, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. Me and Doris both said Regina King, who ended up winning. And Stephen, you said Amy Adams. I didn't say Regina King, really? Oh, man. You got to serve a rough start right now. <laughs> Speaking of Regina King, did you see the Knicks game last week where she, she was sitting courtside and Joel Embiid like, jumped over her? No, I didn't. Oh, that. what? No. Yeah, he was like diving for a ball and he, um, he, like, jumped over Regina King onto this guy who was, like, the statistician who was sitting there. And I think uh-huh. Tracy Morgan was sitting in the row, too. But uh, <laughs> luckily, she was okay. I was uh, glad she right. wasn't maimed by Joel Embiid, who was uh, probably about twice her size, if not more than that. <laughs> At least. <laughs> right. That's funny. So here Congrats you go. You got, you got yourself a win coming up. Best yeah. animated feature film. Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, Incredibles to Isle of Dogs, Mirai and Ralph Breaks the Internet. I said Isle of Dogs, and Doris and Steven both said Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. <laughs> Isle of Dogs yep. is the type of shit the, uh, the Academy loves. Dog, that shit this was so dry. But nothing, it was, it was so bleak. You can't make an animation so bleak. In but that's the type of shit they love. Clay was a clay animated and it was by what's his name? Come on. Was Well Wes Anderson has not won an Oscar. He yeah, won one for but he's never won, yeah. He never won an Oscar? He might have won for writing. I'll look that up. But uh I don't think he's he not he hasn't won a best picture or anything like that. Not that I know. They always talk about him. Best cinematography, Roma, Cold War, right. the favorites, never look away, and the star is born. Me and Steven both said Roma, which was the winner, and Maurice mm-hmm. said Never Look Away. Mm. I saw Never Look Away, which was uh, decent. Very long, but I liked it. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> Even though I voted for it. I did see Roma, and I can see why they said that cinematography. That first scene of cinematography is brilliant. It's like an oh. extended... It's a like, gorgeous piece of art it's yeah. just boring as <laughs> those they long shots uh, they send a, they sometimes send us swag the phone critics during the awards voting and um they sent us this beautiful coffee table book for roma and uh-huh. um it didn't have the dog shit at the beginning but it did have the guy the naked guy swinging the stick the shower curtain oh yeah, yeah. oh I really to, yeah, <laughs> i was like oh i was like i i, I. You know, the unexpected moments of just, like, nudity and seeing somebody's dick. Like, that was, like, one of those moments where I was just like, uh, 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 I was like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, I was like, (laughs) You watch foreign films to see more. 
I hadn't seen that much swinging on a screen since Bruno like that. Like, <laughs> I just don't know if I was more bored by this movie or the artist. I like the artist, but that's not a movie that's like looked 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 back upon fondly. Like, no one ever watches it. It's never on TV. It's Nobody watches it again. Looked at as like I saw it at a film festival and I loved it when I first saw it. But then I'm just like, you know, I can. This is one of the movies I cannot watch again to save my life. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I understand why it would win. Like Roma, yeah. I understand, but it is not an enjoyable watch. <laughs> so. Best director, Roma, well, Alfonso Cuaron, Spike Lee, Powell, Palakowski, mm-hmm. Yorgos, Lanthimos, and Adam McKay. Which Therese and Stephen both said. I picked, yeah. Spike. I picked Spike out of just hoping that he finally got his best director, but... Unfortunately, he did not. And he looks spike. He looked very pissed again when he didn't win that one. That was good energy, though. Yeah. He needed the energy, though, because he got he got some. So with Koran winning three awards in the same night and going up to give the speech each time, I'm kind of curious, like, how he decides what he's going to say in each speech. Like, oh is, yeah. Like, am I going to thank? All right, I'm going to thank these people in the first speech, um, but I might not get to make a second one. So. I'm sure to make all those people, but if I think someone in the second or third speech, are they going to be mad at me that I didn't mention them earlier? Because <laughs> I didn't know if I get to, so I'm kind of. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh... I didn't watch all three. I didn't watch I all of them. One. I watched. I think one of them. <laughs> I didn't watch the director. Yeah, yeah and they all felt pretty short. And they all felt they they felt pretty short. So I I can see why if you got to go through three times. Yeah, I still think it's crazy. This is like groundbreaking, though. Like he's the first direct to do that, to win cinematography and directing, right? Well, because he did all the jobs in the movie. He was the producer, he was the cinematographer, he was the... He wrote it. I mean, there were a whole bunch of uh, things that he was credited as because it was kind of his... He was kind of running the show. That was his baby. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, best documentary, Free Solo, Hell County This Morning, This Evening. Minding the gap of father and sons and RGB. We all picked our RGB, assuming that that was the runaway favorites. But Free Solo came in for the win. That was a surprise. I mean, I, I liked I liked Free Solo a lot. I thought um, I thought it was better than RBG. So I'm guys, I'm happy to want him. But like, probably my five or six favorite documentaries of the year all weren't nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe the Mr. Rogers movie wasn't nominated for that. That made Mr. no sense Rogers, at all. But that. Yeah. That was just on TV this week, uh, so I'm sure a lot of people got to see it. Yeah, that's so crazy. Gonna, I mean, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to check it out because the scenes I've seen of it look intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, best music, original score, Black Panther, Black Klansman, If Bill Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins. Me and Reese. Both picked Mary Poppins. The winner was Black Panther, who was picked by Steven. All right. There mm. we go. You come back strong. There All right. So yeah. the score, right, score as it stands is 3 3 4. 3 3 mm-hmm. for me and Derice and 4 for you, Steven. Oh, yeah. wow. We saw that oh. one. <laughs> Wait, 3. So, I got 4. I have, four. have 3. Wait. I got Mahershala in acting. 
Anche uh, Spider-Man. Then I got directing for Roma. And that's all we've gone over. So you are at three, like I said. Wait, and Regina. Did we do that one yet? Actress? Yeah, we did. Oh, wait. No, I didn't. We did support an actress, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're at four. See? Dario cheating out here. That's proof, y'all. You see right here. There's proof. <laughs> we have footage. <laughs> it's been recorded. Let's finish this. Best music, original song. I'm just going to say, we all picked Shallow and Shallow One. I think that was the least surprising one out of everything. Mm. Right. Visual effects. First Man, Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, Ready Player One. Solo, a Star Wars story. Therese, you had Avengers. Steven, you had First Man. And I had First Man. And the winner was First Man. Mm. Glad to see that one award. Because that, that movie just kind of got forgotten about. And uh, it was kind of unfair. Because there was that dumb controversy where everybody said that it didn't uh, show the flag. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. they didn't put the flag down on the moon. But the entire just flag from beginning to end. And... Like, there was nothing about the movie that was, you know, unpatriotic or it's just this movie. This this movie was just like a celebration of mid-century American heartland values. And but for some reason, everybody was told that it was that had this anti-American agenda that didn't exist. And I didn't, I didn't even, honestly didn't even think it was that great a movie, but I thought it was it. Uh, it didn't get it had a worse fate than it deserved. In my mm. I don't know if you. You know, I don't know if you, if you see uh, honors posters, how they do like honors movie posters for the, all the Oscar nominees. No. No. So they do honors posters, they do honors trailers where like, honest pretty, trailers, yeah. like they reinterpret, you know, the posters to like basically parody or poke fun at the movies in some sort of way. And they did one for the first man. And like the tagline was needs more flags. So. <laughs> It was, it was actually pretty funny. Needs more what? Needs more flags. I didn't hear what he said. I'm sorry. Was, needs more flags. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I remember uh, I, I had the soundtrack. I posted a picture. I'm like, uh, I, can't wish, I can't wait to listen to the Never Plant the Flag on the Moon Overture. <laughs> but uh, there's a documentary coming out, I think, next week called Apollo 11. It's going to be... It's coming out first on IMAX and then in regular theaters where it's just... It's a documentary about the Apollo 11 mission, and it's, mm-hmm. like, from beginning to end of it, and it's all this, like, internal NASA footage that I think has never before been released, and it's really incredible. No. So, I mean, the trailer looks fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, I saw it the other day. So, it is... Yeah, five, five, six, Steven. Last two ones... Best Adapted Screenplay, Black Klansman, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Can You Ever Forgive Me, 
if Bill Street could talk and a star is born. I said, I said Bill Street. Stephen, you said a star is born, and Darius, you have Black Klansmen, and Black Klansmen oh, won. Yeah, yeah. Pretty surprised. I think he's gonna get the nod for that. Oh, yeah, man, Bradley because told... uh, he, you know, he, he co-wrote Stars Born. He didn't get, mm-hmm. he didn't get, he didn't win for that. He got nominated for Best Director. He he wrote a bunch of the songs in Stars Born, but Shallow wasn't one of them. Like they all had a like like. Lady Gaga was a co-writer. <laughs> of he didn't get nominated for any of his songs, and uh, he didn't so win he for just acting. got snubbed all night. Yeah. Yeah, not not <laughs> not a good time for Bradley, and uh, definitely not a good time for him. Right. He's not the first one that had that happen to, though. That's yeah. True. They but gave you, looks uh, to everybody but him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went to, they had a, um, they had a local premiere screen in Philadelphia last September for that. And he's from Philadelphia. And so he's like the favorite son who everybody loves. You know, he was, uh, he was in Silver Lines Playbook where they were an Eagles jersey ball movie. And then when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was sitting next to the owner. So everybody, you know, Everybody appreciates him, so he came, and everybody they did a Q and A after, and everybody did their said their hometown, and mm-hmm. all these people told them, "Oh, you're going to win an Oscar. You're totally going to win an Oscar, and you have all these chances to win an Oscar." Sadly, you know, he didn't win an Oscar, but one of these Oscar. years, he was, he's still a pretty young man. I mean, he'll he'll have plenty of chances. I mean, now that we've seen what he can do as a director, I'm not I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to have a lot more opportunities directing. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Last category was original screenplay, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say Green Book won, and nobody in the right fucking mind had this pick. <laughs> but, uh, somehow it won. Uh, sorry, Nick Vallelonga. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, that's weird. and one note about the Green Book and their speeches: not once did they mention Don Shirley. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Mahershala did, but yeah. That's what did the writers, producers mention him? Yeah, the damage was done That's by that. I think. I mean, but to imp- like to compact it even more. Oh my god! Like that. But, like, like, so many. It's like so like, many things happened in that movie. Like what? What is that? It's just because like what Rami, what Rami Malek did. Was like give props to Queen, like amazing props to them. That's what they should have did <laughs> because their movie wouldn't exist without without home you know. Yeah, but no one from Bohemian Rhapsody mentioned their director, who's just like, yeah. yeah, he doesn't exist. A, a non-person. He's a because he imaginary made-up human being. Decided to pretend that that didn't happen and then nobody knew anything. I mean, it's, it's really. I think like that couldn't win best picture. That, just, <laughs> that was a bridge too far for it to win. It won all those other awards, and you know, Rami Malek actually claimed, you know, I had no idea any of this was going on, even though there've been, you know, massive just reports imagining about this. that he never existed. Yeah, it's, it's never <laughs> unbelievable. Brian, who? Not as far as it did. Never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with Green Book, I mean, so many things happen. It's like there's all these th- bad things that can happen to a movie during an <laughs> campaign that, like. Did was the historical accuracy question? Yes, it was. Did one of the subjects uh, disagree with it? Yes, they did. Did uh, were there racist tweets by the screenwriter? Yes, there were. Was there an old interview where the director admitted that he exposed himself to women? Yeah, there was, and none of that mattered. <laughs> right. It won anyway. 
I think Check maybe voters boxes. thought that it was. <laughs> they, they wanted. They they thought maybe they thought it was a um, a campaign and it was coordinated and they didn't like that. So maybe it was a. It might have been like a Trump voter thing where it was just spite. Where it's like, they have all those inter- like the Hollywood Reporter and all those papers do these things where they interview an, an anonymous Oscar voter. It's a thing every year where they just do a bunch of articles where they mm-hmm. talk to an anonymous Oscar voter about what, who they voted for and why. And it's always just the dumbest rationalizations you could possibly imagine for these people's votes. And uh, some producer said about Green Book is like, I voted for Green Book for Best Picture because I'm sick of being told what movies I can like and not like. Wow. And I'm like, you can like whatever movies you want. <laughs> like, if someone tells you don't like Green Book, you can just say, I disagree with you. I do like it. I mean, have, have some courage of your own convictions to not. I even said I didn't think it was that bad. I just don't think it should you win best, best Picture. It's a different story. Yeah. Right. The cherry on top of me, know. though, is to not even mention the man that the movie is literally about, based on, and it's just kind of like a slap in the face even more, you know? That's the ultimate disrespect. <laughs> you felt, it definitely like more of a prop. It definitely felt like more of a prop than I mean, what I guess happened was like uh... it tells you why. Okay. I was gonna say it tells you why it was filmed like that. Like why he oh, yeah. he wasn't even. They were like trying to like not make the story. You're like, oh, that's it, like, why. It they like everything that everybody yeah. was talking about and their problems with it. And here, here it is. You know. I mean, Velong, he wrote the movie about his father, based on you know the stories his father told him about his friendship with this guy. And I think he assumed, well, surely he didn't have children. Must not have any living relatives, so I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And then it turns out, oh, he has a couple brothers who are still alive. He has all these other people who are still alive who so, can <laughs> say that, you know, what so a movie about how he's estranged from his family. And that wasn't true, and that was never true. So in interviews, they say that he, uh, that they actually met with Don Shirley and discussed the movie and the screenplay. Oh man, that's crazy. I wonder if it's true, but this is what they said. And they said that he asked them not to make the movie until after he passed. I read something about that. I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what they're saying in interviews, you know. Interesting. Okay. I just don't think it's that. It should never have been nominated, period, to me. (laughs) That's just what it comes down to. True. What was the final score? All right. Final score was five for me, Ooh. six and six for you two. Ooh. Ooh. That means you <laughs> caught an L. <laughs> Steven came out real strong at the end. He got all the yeah. little technical. He got all the technical. I mean, should the big ones count more? Like, should Best Picture count? They, for- I feel like they should. Oh, I feel like. <laughs> Like well, that's should. how it was for the extra words. I mean, I think the one that won the most was, I think Bohemian Rhapsody won four, four, and yeah. Panther won three, and Green Book had the two or three. I mean, it was nobody got more than four. So, yeah. like, I'm gonna give you all the win for now. But uh, next time, give me a great idea. Next time, the big awards count more. That's just right. how it got to be. All these, little, <laughs> all these little ticky tack technical awards. Come on now, like. That's too funny. Nah, and just like the weird ass, some of these just weird, surprising choices that the Academy made. Green Book threw a huge wrench in a lot of my predictions and and whatnot, but 
The Green Book was like Childish Gambino winning all his Grammys. Facts. <laughs> for best song and best record. He's... It's like, wait, why? What? Like, what are we... <laughs> yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, that's it for this this uh, week's episode of the Fearless Show. It's talking about the Grammys, talking about a lot of other current events like Jesse Smollett, of course, who is going mm-hmm. to be a topic for at least another two to three weeks. But there'll be a trial. It's all gonna go. It's gonna drag on forever. I'm sure. Yeah, it's tuned for an update. <laughs> I gave my own think piece to it on YouTube and on the website, so you guys should definitely check that out. Um, and you know, we have a little discussion. I'm sure, it will be fun. Um, again, Stephen, thank you for joining us once again. Thanks, man. It's fun having yeah, you on here. Thanks, man. man. Um, you can check out all his writings on the website. There is a lot of them on there, and they, you know, they're always some of our top viewed ones. So definitely give those a look. Uh, again, you can plug in where people can find you. Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter, Stephen Silver, uh, S-D-P-H-E-N-S-L-V-E-R. Uh, go to Rotten Tomatoes, look up my name, and that's where my reviews are, and uh, just uh, Google me, I guess, <laughs> and on the site. So. Yep, and for those of you that are watching the video of this, you can see Doris is wearing our new hoodies. Uh... So yeah, definitely, so. definitely grab some from the store. Yes. Yeah, and again, today's date is February twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. We'll be back yeah. shortly with more podcast. Uh, if you like, or you have anything to say about this show, past shows, or any future shows, you can let us know in the comments down below. Wherever this goes up, wherever you enjoy listening to us or watching us on video, or you can email us directly at podcast at livinglifefearless.co and you know, we'll try to get back to you or you may be included in one of our future shows. Until then, we'll catch you guys soon. Keep doing what, Doris? Keep living life fearless, y'all. Yep. Till next time. Till next time. Catch you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>